Welcome, welcome, welcome to the official episode one of Say Hi to the Bad Guy podcast. First episode took a little bit longer to get out than I had expected from uh, our trailer drop, but super excited to finally start getting content out there and start working through the list of uh, bad guys and villains and all the stuff in between that I was able uh, to initially come up with. Um, You know, I'd mentioned in the trailer that kind of wanted to have this not so much as a scripted podcast and not overly produced or anything like that, just kind of, you know, flowing off the top of the dome here as far as, you know, my viewpoints on a lot of these guys and women, uh, but also, you know, some of the history and the origins behind them. Um, in the case of episode one, I couldn't really start off this adventure without naming my favorite villain of all time. Um, who happens to be the Joker. Now, again, it's a very commonly thrown out Joker. Um, always one of the guys always brought up, you know, when, when you hear villain or bad guy, he's always kind of tied to it. I mean, you type in like, you know, a bad guy or villains in the Google, the Joker's bound to be like in your top five hits. Um, now, in my case, with my history in regards to the Joker, Batman is my favorite comic book character. That's across DC and Marvel. And not so much because Batman is, you know, has superpowers or is, has, uh, you know, is from another planet, um, but mainly because of the bad guys that he had and how much fun I had growing up as a kid as far as the comic books, uh, the movies, the animated movies, um, uh, the animated TV shows, um, I'm talking video games. He's always, to me, had some of the most interesting villains of almost any piece of content you could think of, in my opinion. This spans across, uh, like I mentioned, like all, all the different mediums where Batman does have a place. The Joker is not far behind. Um, now, there are many different iterations of the Joker. And each one deserves its own episode, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, this can go from the comics from to the movies, to the video games, to the animated show, to the animated movies. Um, the Joker is a villain who has superseded and I think risen above and transcended what we view as being a bad guy in the culture and also just in terms of the medium And what is interesting is that, you know, the origin of the Joker in general is one that was kind of a mystery for a while and always kind of, not to say retconned, um, but, you know, the initial creation of him was actually three people. Um, You know, some of the godfathers of the comic book industry, uh, Bill Finger, um, of course, uh, Bob Kane and uh, Jerry Robinson, who were two of the greatest artists of any comic books. I mean, you can go DC, Marvel, like, you know, they paved the way for so much years ago and kind of laid the foundation for what the Joker would become. Um, and, you know, it is kind of an amalgamation of different things. Um, and even his origin in the comic books was changed here and there. His origin in some of the movies, for example, has always been kind of drastically different. Um, uh, one of my favorite things um, about the movie versions of the Joker was, you know, kind of began, you know, nineties, you had the, the, the original Batman movies with Michael Keaton, you know, Jack Nicholson, um, and kind of this, this trope of him 
having fallen into a vat of some type of chemical and that like warping his brain. And, you know, that's definitely from the comics as well. Um, originally, he was kind of, I mean, you know, created to be, you know, one, a very um, smart villain, kind of scary to an extent with his face and the smile, of course, and the grin. Um, but in the comics as well, there's been different iterations of the Joker. There's been funny versions of the Joker. There's been versions where there's like, you know, a no kill version of the Joker. Um, but it does kind of go in between the light and the dark when it comes to the comic variations. And that goes across all the different ages in the movies in particular. I think when we get into the Christopher Nolan run and what he was able to do with, of course, you know, Heath Ledger and his amazing performance as the Joker kind of got to see some of that gritty, dark, kind of visceral takes on the Joker that became more popular in the comics where we really saw the Joker do some very dubious things um, and really just kind of take it up a notch whenever it came to villainy. Um, but, you know, it it, it it does bear mentioning how the concept of him actually came about. Um, you know, Bill Finger um, is credited as the writer behind it, but um, he did rely on Bob Kane and also Jerry Robinson to kind of you know, one take is aesthetic, um, which is something that was drawn from a movie, actually, um, a horror film called The Man Who Laughs. Um, and there's a character in it who was portrayed by the actor Conrad Veidt. I hope I'm spelling that last name right, or sorry, pronouncing that last name correctly. But he was a disfigured, kind of grinning character. You know, you can find photos of him online. Uh, but it was from 1928, this horror film, you know, black and white movie. Um, and that kind of like, you know, began the inspiration for the Joker and his smile. Um, Robinson and Finger, they kind of, you know, helped kind of push him as far as the comic books to becoming, you know, Batman's main nemesis. You know, the one that was always able to kind of outsmart him, outwit him. And again, along with the Riddler, who's a whole nother episode that's coming down the pike. Um, but the Joker, again, has spanned so many different um, your comic book runs. And my God, thinking about the early on animated shows and the animated movies. I mean, you want to talk about one of the greatest Batman films of all time is not even a live action movie. <laughs> um, any uh, Batman fan or even just a fan of superheroes or comic books will recognize the mask of the phantasm as being one of the greatest comic book movies ever made, in my opinion. Um, and from the writing to the voice acting, but also just how they were able to still inject kind of fresh blood into the origin of the Joker in that movie. And how that kind of still portrayed when you look at the past kind of echoing into the future in regards to Bruce, but also in regards to the Joker. Um, uh, <laughs> um, uh, Mask of the Phantasm saw the Joker kind of put through the ringer in a way where... He was also um, not really the main antagonist of that movie. Um, it, it was actually the Phantasm, of course, which I won't get into spoilers. But, um, you know, seeing how they were able to come up with the origin of the Joker in that particular setting was very, very unique. Uh, you know, his origins, he's always been um, kind of, you know, it's always kind of hinted to when it comes to the shows and the movies. In the comics, though, guy by the name of Jack Napier is who is always credited as being, um, you know, Joker before he became the Joker. Um, he's always portrayed as a 
as a um, uh, like an enforcer for the mob in like Gotham City. Um, in the comics, you know, again, falls into a vat of venom, which, you know, kind of turns him into what he turns him into. Mask of the Phantasm kind of took a different approach as I really, really liked. And that approach was just kind of pointing out that he was always just a horrible person, <laughs> even after he became the Joker, even prior to it. Um, what I really, really enjoy about, you know, talking about the Joker and, you know, I've one one big thing about this podcast is, you know, trying to find any type of redeemable qualities with some of these bad guys. The Joker is one of the few villains who has zero redeemable qualities. <laughs> and that's, um, you know, kind of like, you know, drawn out in the things that he's done um, in the comics, in the movies, in the animated shows. Um, you know, I mean, even in the video games, it, it's he always seems to one up himself. And the portrayals as far as anything that has to do with animated or, of course, in the movies have always been just spot on. I mean, you go back to Jack Nicholson. You go back to the original Batman show. I, or Sorry. Um, well, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, Batman show, you know, Cesar Romero from back in the 60s. They've always been able to just nail, nail the casting when it comes to the Joker. Uh, when we talk about animated and video game mediums, Mark Hamill, I mean one of the best to ever do it. You know, yes, that Luke Skywalker um, has voiced the Joker in almost every single animated, um, you know, version that you can think of. Um, however, um, I will say uh, one of my favorites, and I can't exactly remember the movie. I was more, it was one of the more recent animated movies, but um, uh, John DiMaggio, uh, who voices a Bender on Futurama, uh, was tapped to do the Joker and did one of my favorite performances of him as well. Um, talk about, you know, Troy Baker also had a crack at playing the Joker. Um, and they're, they're all just really, like, good. Like, I can't really point out one bad portrayal of the Joker. Um, he's always been just something that stays in your mind. I mean, and then, again, you look at the movie side of things. I mean, my God, Heath Ledger. Just, man, and again, tragic passing what happened to him, you know, during the filming of that movie. But to just go back and watch that masterpiece and how he was able to transform it into, you know, and again, sometimes with uh, with a lot of nuance when it comes to being very funny, um, you know, watching some of the antics he gets into um, and, and from uh, that film, you know, one of my favorites being... Uh, when he wants to do the joke, who wants to see a pencil disappear? You know what I mean? Like, you know, anyone who's seen it will remember that scene and just like some of like the dark humor that they were able to draw out for the Joker was just incredible. Um, I mean, they've always taken an incredible stewardship when it comes to the Joker, um, trying to be very honest to the source material, but also the ambiguity or sorry, the uh, ambiguity rather <laughs> um, of the Joker and his origin you know, provides a little bit of freedom in that regard. Um, they are able to take chances anytime you do see him portrayed. Um, and I'm always excited to see what the next upcoming Batman or anything related to DC um, will take it. Uh, the direction has always kind of flowed into the Joker, still kind of always being the likable bad guy, but not very redeemable. Um, there are definitely plenty of 
examples of just the, you know, some of the things that he has done um, in the comics, uh, especially. I mean, one of the biggest ones that I remember when, when I was growing up, you know, reading DC was um, when, you know, he uh, quote unquote kills, you know, Jason Todd, who at the time was Robin. Um, and that that kind of took the arc of the comics at that time for Batman into a very dark place where Bruce is just overcome with guilt. Um, and, and, and one of the things that Bruce has always kind of maintained, you know, as Batman is the reason why he prefers working alone is he cannot stand loss. Um, goes back to his parents, but also in regards to Jason Todd, you know, the, and, and, you know, Jason Todd's, uh, you know, survived. Um, so, you know, it does come out, you know, spoiler alert, uh, but you know, he's not dead, but, um, in the comic book, uh, run when, Jason Todd is like you quote unquote killed by the Joker. The method in which it's done is just so brutal and so visceral. And it took Batman to a very, very dark place and a place where he spent the good, good run of the uh, you know comics, you know, that arc making mistakes, but also processing a lot of guilt and a lot of the darkness that came with that. And it was really Alfred, you know, in the comics who kind of is the only I guess, you know, lighthouse that he has to kind of keep him focused on what the task at hand is, what the mission is, but also still being very concerned for Bruce as a person. And, you know, basically as his son, you know, in a way who he looked after since, you know, he was orphaned as a child, essentially, you know, even though, you know, he, <laughs> you know, billionaire child, uh, but, uh, there, there is a lot of that that goes into just how much Joker was able to affect Batman, um, to him paralyzing Barbara Gordon, um, to doing just horrendous things to innocent bystanders in the comics. Um, and that's not even to start talking about the abusive relationship with Harley Quinn that is just not really, they try to get to it in some of the movies and the TV shows. But the comics really do paint a very, very nasty picture of this guy um, in his relation to um, a one Harley Quinn, who's one of my favorite uh, characters as well. Um, but, you know, she is a victim of the Joker as much as anyone else is. Um, but, you know, how he's able to play these mind games and the way that he is able to still orchestrate some of the funniest moments at the same time while being just so dark um, is just a tribute to what they were able to achieve with this character. Um, you know, originally debuted in, I believe, 1940. Um, and, you know, and again, it was kind of the hokey kind of, oh, you know, I'm going to poison these people with this venom that turned me into this, uh, you know, this uh, grinning idiot, which is basically what the venom poison was at the time. Uh, and that was kind of what his thing was, you know, he, 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 uh, like Batman will come across these victims who were struck with, you know, rigor mortis and, you know, this grin in their face. And that was kind of the initial run of the Joker just being a murderous asshole uh, <laughs> who just, you know, um, uh, you know, no remorse, uh, you're always smiling. Um, and but, you know, there was a turn too where, you know, 1942 for a good bit. He wasn't really killing anyone, the Joker. Um, a lot of his crimes were traps and, you know, robberies, heist. Uh, you know, a lot of them were just comical and a lot of them were actually harmless as well. Um, uh, you know, getting the last laugh is always the thing that the Joker has strived to do. Um, and a lot of that does 
kind of, again, um, leads itself to a lot of flexibility when it comes to a new story that's being written or devised. Um, I look at um, uh, the Arkham uh, run of video games that were so wildly popular and amazing to play. If you have not played them, they are just fantastic. Um, you know, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and then Arkham Knight all still kind of revolve around the Joker, all three of them. I won't get into spoilers um, in that regard either, but you know the Joker is front and center in all three of those games. Um, and, you know, because of kind of the flexibility of the Joker and his alliances with other villains in the other world, you know, he doesn't really say that he's the leader of all the villains or the rogues gallery um, uh, for Batman. But you kind of get the sense of the respect amongst all the other baddies in Batman, whether it's Two-Face, uh, Poison Ivy, Catwoman, um, you can go down the list. There's And like I said, there's so many, so many good villains um, in the rogues gallery for Batman that it's a, we, we are going to get further into, you know, down the line. But he still manages to kind of be the leader of all these guys. You know, they all kind of like march to his orders. They all kind of follow um, all the steps that he takes. There is this sense of being a charismatic leader um, and a sociopath that um, a lot of the other bad guys do look up to. And it's definitely one of the things that always kind of surprised me about the Joker. And also, you know, one of the more frustrating things people will always complain about Batman. Well, you know, his bad guys always break out of prison or break out of Arkham. He always has an issue. Uh, you know, they're always coming back and hurting people. He doesn't really kill anybody. That That's kind of a valid point, man. Uh, <laughs> like, um, I... I love the uh, uh, the recent Peacemaker show on HBO, and um, uh, there's a bit in there where you know some neighbor is is giving Peacemaker uh, like crap about, oh, you know, you don't hear about, you know, he should be a, like a, a like a hero like Batman. You see him, you know, he does the good stuff and this, and then like Peacemaker's kind of like, yeah, well, do you see that like all his bad guys keep getting out of prison and keep killing people because Batman doesn't kill bad guys, and it was it, it was such a funny kind of truth um you know and again despite him being you know my favorite comic book hero and and my favorite comic book run you know detective comics and you know through you know all the different arcs that he's had with uh with bane uh with the joker poison ivy you know raz al ghul there's so many different avenues they've taken batman but the joker has always been kind of the underlying current to all of the things that he has fought and all the things that he's up against. You know, it always kind of goes back to the Joker having inflicted the most damage on Batman psychologically, emotionally. Um, you know, in some cases, not so much physical. Um, you know, physically, again, the Joker is not the most imposing bad guy. You know, he's a skinny, kind of lanky character. Um, you know, he's always kind of, you know, likes to beat people with a crowbar or a cane or something similar to that. Doesn't really, you know, rely too much on, on firearms or guns, uh, you know, loves explosives, you know, loves, loves chemicals and poisons and all that good stuff. But he is never been a physical threat in terms of like a one-on-one -on -one with Batman. Uh, you know, I can't really say he has super strength or super speed, Again, the bat, uh, I mean, Joker's greatest strength is his messed up brain. <laughs> That's, you know, how twisted and demented he is. Total disregard for his own safety, for anyone else's safety. Um, 
you know, like collateral damage is a given with the Joker. And that's, you know, one of the things when, you know, going back to the Christopher Nolan run um, and, and, and kind of looking at the Dark Knight and, you know, that scene where Alfred kind of tells Bruce, some men just want to see the world burn or something to that effect. That's the Joker to a T. I mean, if anything else sums up what he is, everything can perish and he'd be just fine with that. And there is a bit of a respect you got to give to a guy who has just complete disregard for everyone, including himself and really no end goal inside or no, you know, grand plan. You know, he's not trying to just get rich and retire to Costa Rica or some other hidden place. He loves the adversity. He loves going toe-to-toe with Batman. And also, you know, Jim Gordon, to an extent, you know, he he's caused a lot of chaos in Gordon's life as well in the comics. Uh, you know, killed one of his wives, you know, paralyzed his daughter. He's done just horrible stuff to the GCPD, you know, cops in Gotham. Um, you know, he's really been a pain in the ass for Gordon as much as Batman and Bruce Wayne. Um, and again, it's... It's just a testament to who he is as a person or or just a villain. I mean, and, and you know, some of the runs that they've had with the graphic novels. I mean, look at The Killing Joke being one of the um, amazing uh, like pieces of work from Alan Moore and Brian Boland um, really took things to another level in terms of what the Joker was capable of doing. Um, the writing just... and. Man, the the artwork just so stunning in all these cases. You know, the Joker again. It, it's he's a very striking figure to look at. I mean, there, there's no ifs ands about it. You know, the green hair, pale skin. You know, the red lips, the giant grin. Um, it, it's a haunting character in every sense. Um, and again, one of my favorites. Um, and and you know, th- this this episode could have gone way, way longer. Um, but as I mentioned, you know, there's so many different iterations and takes on the Joker. You know, one thing I'm looking forward to doing is kind of going into each one of those separately in future episodes, um, you know, kind of honing in on you know, whether it's the animated series, you know, Mask of the Phantasm for sure is going to be on that. Um, of course, the movies um, and again, the video games. Um, I do feel that there is so much that can be drawn up and kind of split across all those different um, uh, portrayals that we've seen of the Joker. Um, And, you know, one of the, one one of the fun things about this whole process is, you know, going to be, you know, kind of just talking to myself about it in a way, kind of my relationship with the Joker, as far as how I view him now, you know, in my older years now, um, you know, I'm not super old, but, you know, I'm in my, my, you know, mid thirties and, um, you know, having, read so much over the years in comic books and, you know, uh, having digested so many, you know, movies and, and, and TV shows and, you know, it, it, they never cease to surprise me with some of the stuff we're able to draw from this guy. I mean, even the comic book run, uh, like to this day is still very alive and very funny and very just, you know, look, it's an escape from reality. You know, a lot of it is, you know, you have to suspend your belief a lot, (laughs) in common sense when you're reading any comic book, to be honest with you. Um, but, I mean, you know, they're always finding ways to put the Joker in situations where, you know, you're not rooting for him. Um, you're not, 
happy to see the Joker all the time, but you are interested to see what's next for the Joker. I mean, it wasn't uh, uh, more than a few months ago, uh, you know, Joker has his own uh, his own arc right now um, in the current uh, DC structure where uh, he becomes pregnant. <laughs> that drew a lot of... Um, a lot of vitriol from you know certain uh, camps in our culture and uh, and our society for certain reasons, but I I thought it was amazing. I I, I loved it. I thought it was one of um, you know one of the more interesting turns. Uh, you know I have I have all uh, I have about five variant covers of that uh, and two of them in my office that I just put on display because I mean the artwork again is always still spot on um, and just fun to look at um, and and you know a lot of it is going to make you uncomfortable. And that's what the Joker is, like in a nutshell. Like there, you know, he's an uncomfortable thing person to look at. And that's why I always liked him. Uh, you know, one of my favorite bad guys. And you know, I I keep kind of going back to is there any redeemable quality of the Joker? I will say trying to just like parse through some of the different iterations of the Joker. I have to say that because he doesn't really hold to any overriding greed or, you know, desire to be something different, he is who he is, man. And there is something to say about that. The guy is just unmitigated chaos and just uh, like insanity, but it's pure in a way, if that makes any sense. There's no... I guess there's no like underlying um, uh, like motivation for him. He's not looking to get rich. He's not looking, you know, to to steal something and just like, you know, scurry off into the night. He exists as a constant unstoppable force. And, you know, the immovable object, of course, being Batman is, you know, the one of the greatest kind of struggles that I think will ever see in terms of looking at a protagonist and an antagonist. Um, all the different ways he has been able to affect Bruce Wayne slash Batman and his allies and his family and, um, you know, even some of the most... I mean, you know, there's a run where, uh, you know, the Joker <laughs> convinces superman to kill Lois Lane. I mean, there, there's just so... And, and you know, we look at... <laughs> Some of the things that is just, um, you know, fascinatingly baffling to think about. The fact that he could trick Superman into thinking that Lewis Lane was Doomsday. Um, you know, a little help from Scarecrow in that one. But, you know, it, it's, it, it just kind of goes back to the audacity of the Joker. And how, no matter what the odds are. He is who he is. Um, he's not going to bend. He will continue to maintain that he can beat anyone, that he thinks he can up anyone, you want up anyone, and always win. And, you know, if you're looking for any type of redeemable quality in this particular bad guy, kind of just got to give him his flowers, man. The guy doesn't give a crap. <laughs> so there is something to say about that. Um, and, 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 you know, I really... Hope you know that you know listeners. If 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 they're not into the comic books, fine. You know, I mean, it is uh, it is a lot to go through, <laughs> even uh, with uh, you know with uh, some of the apps out there where you can like read comic books such a fast pace on your tablet now. You know, like everything's available like digitally. Going back to 
the golden age, you know, silver age, everything. Um, and, and this is for Marvel and DC, but you know, I, I highly recommend if, if you prefer movies, I mean, there's so much great content. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure people who aren't like uh, comic book fans or Batman fans, you know, have at least seen, uh, you know, the Nolan trilogy, you know, they've seen the latest, uh, Batman run, um, which I thought was great, um, uh, personally and, uh, really, really interesting take on the Riddler, which I, I can't wait to get into that as well. Um, you know, down the line. Um, but uh, I mean, you, you, you don't have to go far to see the Joker's influence on so many different writings of other shows or other movies or even video games for villains and what they've been able to kind of take from him in terms of, you know, what he's been able to bring to the table as a bad guy and all the things he's able to do to his nemesis being Batman. It is something to behold. Um, I think again, you can, you know, throw a nickel and just and kind of hit anyone and say, Hey, like, you know who the Joker is? Yeah, of course I know who the Joker is. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's just, there, there is so much, there's just so much to kind of see the influence that he's had on pop culture, um, going back to the, I mean, to the forties really, I mean, up until today, you know, he continues to exist, continues to be one of the greatest villains of all time. And I cannot wait to dive more into it in future episodes. Um, thanks for listening to the first episode. Uh, you know, like I said, kind of loose, you know, nothing too structural, not getting into uh, too much of the weeds here in terms of, you know, breaking down dates and names. Um, but, you know, I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, uh, you know, drop me a line on Twitter, on email. Um, you know, I'd love to hear, you know, kind of the feedback. Um, you know, who's your favorite villain of all time? You know, <laughs> as we kind of get into, uh, you know, more of the... You know, some of the other ones that I can't wait to get to that are not comic book related, um, you know, just been like, you know, kind of come up with this list in my head, you know, formulating um, uh, like how I'm going to go through it. And there really is no formula. Um, I'm going to jump from comic book characters to movie characters to book characters, back to movie characters, back to comic book characters. Um, it, it's just such a, a fertile ground, I think, for, you know, a lot of discussion and a lot of fun talk and, you know, just a nice break from the day to day. Um but again, uh, thanks so much for listening and talk to you guys next time.